Hello from beautiful Atlanta. This is your host, Lauren Leslie, with the Design Tribe Podcast. This is the podcast version of my live webinar series you'll find mostly every Sunday at 3 p.m. We'll be discussing all things related to the design side of your online business and interviewing creative entrepreneurs that inspire. If you'd like to join my webinar series, you'll be able to follow along with awesome slides that I made all pretty, and you'll get to interact with me on live video. I'll also be live streaming to YouTube and in the Design Tribe Facebook group if you'd rather tune in there. To sign up for the live webinars, go to laurenlesley.com slash webinar dash series. Or if you'd like to join our Facebook community, check out facebook.com slash groups slash design tribe Lauren Leslie. No dashes. <laughs> Thanks for connecting with the design tribe. Let's start the conversation. Hey everyone, we'll be with you in just a second. Um, just getting things set up. All right, well, let's go ahead and get started. I'm going to toggle the screen real quick and say hello. I just want to introduce everyone to my colleague, Alice. She uh, and I worked at Syria together. Uh, yeah, so do you want to tell a little bit about yourself, Alice? Sure. Um, so I started my career about six years ago. Um, I attended the University of Georgia in Athens, studied fabric design, and then um, I moved to Long Island, New York to work in a very small design studio doing custom rugs in the Hamptons. Um, and then I moved back down to Atlanta and met Lauren at Surya, and I'm still working there currently. <laughs> she's awesome. We, I miss working with her. She's uh, super funny and talented and smart. So <laughs> I miss uh, working with you too, Lauren. Oh, thanks, girl. <laughs> All right, let's see. Okay. So we're going to be talking about ultraviolet, which is the 2018 Pantone color of the year. Um, and you might be wondering why on earth Pantone ultraviolet as the color of the year. And if you're wondering that, then you're definitely in the right place because we are going to dive into all of this content today. Um, and just for those of you who might not know, I know sometimes us designers kind of get uh, lost in our design vocabulary and we kind of it just becomes like second nature to us but for those of you who don't know Pantone is kind of a universal color system um so you might you know see the paint chips for Sherwood Williams or Benjamin Moore when you go to the paint store it's kind of like that but it's a system that uh designers and factories and um basically any kind of product development or or design they're on this system all over the world. So it's used globally kind of as a universal color language. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of touch on that for anyone who might not be super familiar. And today's agenda is we're going to quickly recap uh, 2017's color of the year. And uh, we'll talk about current events that kind of evoke the color ultraviolet. We'll dive into a little bit of the history of the color purple and also, how your personality feels about the color purple, and we'll touch on briefly how it can affect your business in 2018. So just as a brief um, little backstory on me, uh, I've been an artist since always. Uh, this is a picture of me coloring uh, ferociously in my coloring book <laughs> as a little girl on Christmas morning, and my sister's just like, uh, are you going to play with me? And I'm just laser focused on <laughs> coloring. Um, and I have to say not much has changed since then. This is like 
you know, grown up version of me is still doing this today. <laughs> in school, I was a studio art major. I got my BFA in studio art with a concentration in oil painting. Uh, so these are just a few things I did my senior year for my senior show. And my first big girl job was as a t-shirt designer in South Carolina. And as you'll see in the photos, uh, this was my job right out of school. Uh, I am still doing a lot of drawing and I was drawing a lot of patterns and illustrations and putting those on t-shirts. And uh, it was a wonderful first job, but I just didn't really see myself staying in South Carolina forever. There just uh, wasn't a ton of opportunity to grow there for myself. Um, at least in what I was wanting to do. So after about four years, I had to say, peace out. <laughs> ah, Atlanta, here I come. South Carolina, I'll always love you. And you can see on the left, um, I'm in my home tea. So South Carolina has always got a special place in my heart and it'll always be my home. But I had to move on. I had to pursue, um, there's a big world out there. And I just, I wanted to experience part of it, even though I didn't move that far. It's like Atlanta's really not that far on the big spectrum, but um, yeah. And then I got my second design job as a textile designer, uh, working with Alice at Surya. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was designing rugs and I'm still designing rugs. I, I love my job. Uh, it's really fun. But um, oh, yeah. And so some of my designs ended up in anthropology and on West Elm's Instagram with over 20,000 likes. And that was like really exciting. Anytime a designer sees their work, they're like, oh, I did that. And like, it's just, it's really rewarding. Um, it's reward, reward. Ah, sorry, my cat's like <laughs> jumping all over the place. Um, but yeah, so that's a really rewarding thing for a designer. And recently when we were in Atlanta market, we heard Laurie Pressman, the VP of Pantone Color Institute, speak on uh, ultraviolet and kind of uh, gathered a few things that she said so that we had a better understanding of why they chose this color for 2018. So as a little recap uh, for the past colors of the year, uh, 2017 was greenery, 2016 was, uh, they actually did two colors that year, which was um, pretty weird, like they've never done that before, but they chose rose quartz and serenity. So like a blush pink sort of and uh, a pale blue. The color before that was Marsala, kind of an earthy red wine color, kind of brownish red color. Uh, before that, it was Radiant Orchid, so kind of a almost a magenta color, uh, an emerald green color, a tangerine, kind of orange, tangerine tango, uh, a honeysuckle pink, and turquoise in 2010. So that's just kind of like a brief history of what the colors of the year have been in previous years. And in 2017, let's just... Uh, recap on this a little bit. They chose greenery. And um, Alice, were you surprised by this choice? I feel like I was really, I, was, yeah. I wasn't surprised that it was a green, but I was surprised right. that it was this green. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. I was thinking something more like that kale color that they were kind of showing off, um, something much darker and like less bold. Right. Um, it felt very primary too in its own way, like just really expected representation of green right um but maybe you know that was part of it too it was so relatable yeah i um I, I just think it looks weird like this picture is beautiful but no one actually wears this eyeshadow color and i know they're not i know they don't choose the color based on commercial principles but it's still just like when you see it being applied it's a little bit strange so we'll just recap um 
Like they say on the on the right hand side of the screen, greenery burst forth in 2017 to provide us with the reassurance we yearn for amid a tumultuous social and political environment, satisfying our growing desire to rejuvenate and revitalize. Greenery symbolizes the reconnection we seek with one, with nature and one another and a larger purpose. So I can kind of understand why they chose, again, a green, um, right. but just this green was kind of weird. But I feel like we yeah. were seeing, um, I don't know, like a lot of plants. And there's another slide for this, but we, I feel like the whole jungle trend, you know, we see a lot right. of uh, plants coming to people's homes in a really uh, almost maximalist way, just like uh, over... Um, I don't know, just like tons and tons of plants coming in. But again, like seeing this in products or in makeup or I don't know, even apparel, it's like a little bit off, like in my opinion, but yeah, um, for commercial purposes. But again, that's not why they're choosing it. But yeah, they say a refreshing and revitalizing shade. Greenery is symbolic of new beginnings. And I, I mean, I definitely think that there's a little bit of a political <laughs> uh, meaning behind this. I mean, we had just had the election in 2016 and our country is just very uh, divided. And so I think that I, even with ultraviolet too, it's like in 2018, I feel like Pantone is kind of trying to be like, everyone calm down. It's okay. Like you're going to survive. <laughs> like, I don't know. But um, yeah. And then, yeah, they go on to say that greenery is a fresh and zesty yellow green shade that evokes the first days of spring when nature's greens revive, restore and renew. Um kind of blah, blah, blah. So, uh, Alice, just jump in if there's anything else you want to touch on. There. Sure. Um, I feel like maybe this was like the first year where I kind of realized that maybe for me, the Pantone color of the year wasn't really about the exact representation of that color they were showing me, but I really right. did. Like, I totally understood what they were meaning and what they were trying to say. And like, as for me, I mean, you can see a plant right there. Like my whole house is full of plants and that, so like it really, like that whole subject really resonated with me. It's the year I became a vegetarian that I started really thinking about what I was putting inside of my body and how I was treating my body. Yeah. So, you know, I think I it was more about... you're a vegetarian now. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tried to do it and I like failed every day, not every day, yes. but every week. It's, hard. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, and like, I also realized that like the way that they show these colors is also through these spectrums of these greens. So I don't think it's also really about that exact shade for me at that moment either. Like I can interpret it in my own way. And I think that's what's so interesting about the dialogue that they say and how they kind of explain their meaning. Right, right, right. It seems like yeah. the meaning behind it is also more, or maybe more relevant than the actual right. shade that they're using. Yeah. Like here's an image as well. And and they say that greenery is nature's neutral. And I'm, I'm probably taking this a little bit too literally, but I was kind of like, eh, like maybe brown is nature's neutral, <laughs> like, like a stone color. But I mean, I get what they're saying that like it is the dominant color in nature for sure. But um, yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely, and they're saying the more submerged people are in modern life, the greater their innate craving to immerse themselves in the physical beauty and inherent unity of the natural world. Um, and that's definitely true. I think with technology, like technology is just moving faster and faster and faster. And people at the end of the day, like we're still human and we crave that interaction with, um, you know, nature. Yeah. So I think, um, that's definitely relevant. But here you see like the greenery on all of these products and I'm like, Oh, I 
just looks weird. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this mug especially is like kind of like, eh. like, I don't, I mean, I would never buy a mug this color. Um, yeah. You know, maybe like, I don't know. I'm looking around the page trying to be like, even like this mixer. Um, yeah. I think we were just expecting more of like a kale color or an olive green yeah. or even like Kelly green, I think is a little bit right more wearable or like yeah commercial um yeah and so here's our page with all the plants and kind of you know this is uh definitely i think more where the trend is coming from uh so it says a life-affirming shade greenery is also emblematic of the pursuit of personal passions and vitality a symbolic color selection a color snapshot of what we see taking place in our global culture that serves in an, as an expression of the mood and attitude. Uh, okay, so that was greenery. Uh, let's get into ultraviolet, the 2018 Pantone color of the year. And so you might be wondering, like, how on earth do they come up with this color? Like, where, like, where are they getting this from? Um, and they do a lot of color research. Um, they, they would want you to know that there are no crystal balls in use you know, telling them magically what color to pick. And they're not just like picking it out of the air. They do collect a lot of color information from street trends, fashion, retail, runway, uh, social media, travel, just they're collecting tons of information and kind of uh, analyzing and shifting through it and organizing it in a way that makes sense. Um, They research like cultural shifts, political dynamics, and take historical events into account as well. Um, So what they say about ultraviolet is that we are living in a time that requires inventiveness and imagination. It is this kind of creative inspiration that uh, is indigenous to Pantone 1838-38 ultraviolet, a blue-based purple that takes our awareness and potential to a higher level. From exploring new technologies in the greater galaxy to artistic expression and spiritual reflection, intuitive ultraviolet lights the way for what is yet to come. So again, this is very much like, um, you know, like, it's okay, like, calm down. Like, uh, (laughs) I feel like just the world is crazy right now. And um, I feel like this is a color they chose to kind of inspire people to be creative or to, um, you know, have that spiritual reflection that they talk about. Uh, They say it's a dramatically provocative and thoughtful purple shade that it communicates originality, ingenuity, ingenuity, blah, and visionary thinking that points us towards the future. <laughs> Again, like, uh, just just look forward. Everything will hopefully <laughs> turn out okay. That's, like, how I feel. Um, okay, so I came across this ad on Spotify because I definitely don't pay for premium. <laughs> I want to. It's just, like, I'll, I'll get there one day. But, uh, <laughs> but I noticed this, and I was like, oh, like, Okay, so they're using the purple and the green. It's not the exact shades, though, like what you said. It, this is more of like a lavender yeah. or like a light purple, pastel purple. And um, even the green is like a different green. But just seeing this combination, I was like, wow, like this is... Yeah, that is a, really interesting. Yeah, and it's like a really fresh take. Like whoever designed this ad, I mean, applause, because I, I think it's really right. great. Um, it made me want to buy premium, but not not quite yet. <laughs> you haven't gotten me yet. <laughs> Okay, so let's dive into some current events. And again, we'll kind of go back through the last two years because uh, there have just been some really major events that happened that I think helped shape their choice for the 
this uh, ultraviolet Pantone color of 2018. So in 2016, like David Bowie passed away, Prince passed away. We had the presidential election that was, again, super divisive um, across the country. And then with the rise of like fake news, um, it was just, yeah, it feels like everything was super controversial. There was a lot of um, people were just upset. It seems like, like all over the place. And, um, yeah, just, there was a lot of, I don't know, I guess anxiety. Yeah. So I mean, then, I lost a lot of, like, I, I was pretty demolished that year. Like, yeah. Just thinking like mentally and how I was so excited about the future. And all of a sudden it really felt like it stopped. Um, mm-hmm. and that I was going to have to live in this stagnant place for like four years. Yeah. 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 I've had to kind of turn off the news for my mental health purposes. I guess I can't handle it. But, um, uh, yeah. So in 2017, president Trump was inaugurated. Um, and then it was like the women's March happened and it was incredible. Like how many women came out to support women's rights. Um, I mean, people were just really fired up in a way that they hadn't been in the past, I think. Um, and then we saw Brexit happen, which, uh, was really crazy for Europe, you know, even Europe was torn up about that. And, um, you know, I've heard of, I've heard things like this is not, don't take my word for it. Cause this is just like hearsay, but I've he- been hearing that Frankfurt might be sort of the new, um, headquarters in Europe because London is in Great Britain. And so they're sort of like out of the picture now that Brexit's happening, um, it's just like a lot of crazy things in Europe, a lot of anxiety in Europe as well. And like right. the economy isn't great. Spain is really struggling. Um, yeah. And everyone's just, again, you know, I think that anxiety is there too. Right. Um, and then of course the North Korea escalation. I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if, I don't even know what to think about this, but, um, but yeah, it's there. And I think it's definitely like Pantone is like, go meditate, like calm down. Right. <laughs> like, Yes. Go, go stare at a wall of like this ultraviolet color. <laughs> like, be, be creative. Okay. And then also like the talk of self-driving cars uh, has been a huge topic of conversation. Uh, self-learning AI and like artificial intelligence. Like everyone's kind of like, holy shit. Like, um, you know, these robots, if they're self-learning, then like, what does it even mean to be human? Like, how are we not, how are we different? Like, yes, we're emotional, but. I don't know if, if you create something that's more intelligent than you are, then what does that mean? Like, what does that entail for the future? Mm -hmm. I mean, there've been talk, I mean, there's optimistic views, there's pessimistic views, but there've been talks about, Oh, like, yeah. If, uh, if AI and robots figure out and they're self-learning and they figure out that humans are destroying the environment and destroying the planet, then like, it could be like a war. Like they can start killing us. I mean, who knows? I don't. Right. I mean, that's a whole different. Battlestar Galactica. Have you ever seen it? What's that? Battlestar Galactica. You're basically yeah. talking about that show. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. Uh, my boyfriend loves Westworld, so that's like kind of a yeah. similar um, yeah. setup. And then we also had like the Las Vegas shooting, which was completely catastrophic and I'm not trying to like be depressing with all this news, but it's just like, I mean, that really affected me personally. Um, I don't know why I think it's just like you hear of these mass shootings over and over and over again. And again, it's just like giving more, um, more for us to be anxious about every day, even just going out into public or going to a country music concert 
And I, th- I still think that's why Pantone is like, okay, we need to give a relaxing color for people because people are really struggling right now. Um, and then, yeah, in 2018, like we we're only a month into the year, not even, but Facebook makes their New Year's resolution about, uh, you know, I think they're kind of starting to catch on that people are not so happy with Facebook anymore. And, you know, they're not happy about the fake news, the meddling from the Russian government, whatever, um, in the election and just the overall global anxiety that's, you know, I mean, we're just living in very different times and it's moving faster than anyone can even keep up with. So a little recap. Um, and then uh, some happy things. So like considering the wild popularity of shows like Stranger Things, love Stranger Things, like watched it pretty much back to back. And the rise of maximalism and interiors. And that's coming from, since Alice and I are both working home decor, we have definitely have that perspective um, with the trends in home decor. But we are definitely seeing like a heavy influence of the 1980s coming into play, uh, which absolutely includes the color purple. So that's also something that I'm sure culturally they were taking into consideration. Um, And ultraviolet is, uh, creative flamboyant color often portrayed in like elaborate costumes fancy glitter and like cosmic fantasy and then i noticed this ad on pinterest uh i guess it's called 2020 2020 i don't even know what this is but <laughs> um it's explore and buy beautiful stock photos i guess they're like competing with shutterstock and creative market and all of those but i noticed this like beautiful purple wall and for me i'll just go ahead and put it out there that i'm not a purple person i like certain shades of purple but this ultraviolet color again, I'm kind of like, eh, like on the fence on, I mean, if I would ever wear it or, but I, but then I, I feel like I do this every year where I'm like, I'm not such a fan. And then I'll see, you know, like a little bit of a flexibility with the shades and I'm kind of like, Oh no, actually I kind of like it now. (laughs) When the day came out, I like looked at my desk and I realized I had a moleskin from like five years ago. That was the exact same shade of purple. (laughs) Like I like looked it up and I was like, pointed it out to everyone and I was like I actually hate this thing like <laughs> I've never liked it because of the color that it is and so um funny. so yeah I don't know how I feel about it <laughs> <laughs> you're like oh I liked it and then I was over yeah. it five years ago and now it's bad yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so they say our many mystics and new age beliefs equate violet with the highest intuition and find deep spiritual meaning in the unification of life-sustaining red and celestial blue and highly creative personalities often love purple for its nonconformity, rebelliousness and its mystic quality. Um, so yeah, for, so for me not being a purple person, I'm kind of like, but I'm still creative. I just, <laughs> I like this purple though. Like this is a pretty purple, yes. but it's kind of more. Lavender. I'm like what that actually looks like. It, it looks like a mixing of rose quartz and serenity in a way. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Very good point. So here's a slide again where I feel like this is what Pantone, how Pantone wants us to feel about their color choice. Just center yourself and breathe and put positive thoughts out into the world and uh, we will move forward and hopefully get to a better place coming on 2019. Okay, so I wanted to touch on social media a little bit too because it is um, just such a huge part of our lives. And there are trends coming across social media that, um, you know, like companies and businesses are starting to put most of their marketing efforts into social media. And 
it's kind of like this question of, well, is it Instagrammable? <laughs> like, is it going to look good on Instagram? Like I have to have, you know, I have to stand out. I have to be different. And um, so I think that, again, not necessarily like the exact shade of ultraviolet, but you're seeing a lot of purples rise up in, um, in Instagram and on, you know, in people's marketing photos. And it's, uh, it is also seen as a rising vibrant shade in food trends where the rich hyper color is Instagram friendly. So this is a company that I follow on Instagram. They are called Fresh Harvest. If you're in the Atlanta area, they're amazing. Please check them out. <laughs> I, they've totally changed my life. Um, you, they give you, you can do it weekly or bi-weekly. I do every other week, but they deliver fresh produce, bread, eggs, all organic. They work with local farms. They're incredible. And the food is so good. Um, but yeah, and they have a really cool Instagram too. <laughs> so, um, so this is like a picture that they had and I was like, oh yeah, like they are using the color purple in their foods. <laughs> and, um, just in general, like purple food is kind of, I guess it's kind of a trend, uh, it is. In, in the food industry. Yeah. Like I, I, once they said that I sort of started to notice, but I wouldn't have picked up on that before. Cause I don't work in food. Um, you know, if it was like a huge color in home decor, I'd be like, oh yeah, but yeah so a little bit on the history <laughs> humans meet purple so purple hasn't always been a huge color uh in history but uh throughout time it's been a color of passion associated with passion and magic and leonardo da vinci believed that the rays of violet light magnified the experience of meditation so this goes all the way back to leonardo da vinci, uh, da vinci. pantone didn't just like make that up this year like it's definitely been um, something that's been a thing for quite a while. And um, uh, chromotherapists claim that purple light contains heal- healing abilities. Now, I don't know that much about chromotherapy, but, um, you know, that's something that you can definitely, like, read up on and uh, see what you think. So in Egypt, amethyst, or I should say ancient Egypt, amethyst was revered as a healing amulet, and it was believed to protect from the grasp of evil and if you delve into textile history, uh, which is kind of uh, Alice in Maya's world, you'll find the deep hues of violet dyes were so expensive that it became a decadent, prestigious color and only the wealthiest nobles and royal families could afford it. So then that was kind of like a classist thing where it's like, oh, like, you're cool, you're rich, you're wearing purple, like no one else can afford it. So it just became an identifier. Um, and the royal symbolism of purple dates all the way back to the Old Testament, too, where Moses installed a purple curtain to divide the common parts of the temple with the Holy of Holies. So fast forward to the New Testament, and you'll find Jesus wearing a purple robe with the crown of thorns that was placed on his head by Pontius Pilate's soldiers. And later, the color became associated with Catholic bishops and cardinals. Um, I'm not Catholic, so I don't really have that in my in my brain um, but that was definitely something that I was researching. And yeah, you'll see this photo on the right. That's a mosaic. And that comes from like the Byzantine times. Um, so if you've studied art history, you'll be familiar with that. But if not, um, pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about you now and get a little bit personal. Talk about me or you? Well, anyone. Oh, I Just see. Like, okay. Yeah, like are you a purple <laughs> person? I thought you were talking to me. <laughs> so I mean we kind of touched on this a little bit so it sounds like neither one of us are purple people is that right yeah yeah no no 
Not really. I, I used to dye my hair and I would have never, never dyed my hair purple. I've dyed it <laughs> blue and pink, but not purple. Yeah. Although I do kind of love this girl's hair. I mean, I, yeah. I would be tempted to do this color, but I, I don't know. I feel like I'm just very um, easily influenced by color because I'm like, I don't like that right. color. And then by the end of the year, I'm like, oh, I kind of like it now. But, well, I just um, bought like a shade of shoes of boots that are like um, almost like aubergine, like mm-hmm. eggplant colored. So I was like, wait a minute, I'm starting to gravitate <laughs> towards the purple hues. And I would have never done that, I feel like, before. Yeah, they're slowly getting you. Yep. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so I kind of talked about this, but we'll get into a few funny revelations about uh, how your persona- uh, personality handles this color emotional, or this emotionally charged color, I should say. So if you like purple, um, then you're probably a person that's drawn to the mystical intrigue uh, that, or like a very creative type. Um, like I feel like or what the research was saying is that unconventional personalities tend to love this color and the enigmatic qualities of it. Uh, and purple people can be generous, charming, and witty, but they can also be vain and super sensitive. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny. Um, you get like picture of this kind of person in your head, right? Like we all probably know someone who's like this. But um, because of the polar traits of red and blue, also, again, like not to get back into the politics, but it, I think that was part of the, the choice of Pantone. It was like the oh. Republican red, the Democratic blue. I didn't include a slide for that, but I do remember reading about that. But yeah, just cool. um, more on a personal note, these are polar traits. Like if you're familiar with uh, the primary colors, these are kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum. Red is very fiery and warm and hot and blue is very cool um, and calming. So there can be inner emotional conflict and moodiness sometimes if you're, if you love this color. Um, and it has been said that purple people are easy to live with, but hard to know. So I thought that was really interesting. You can be secretive so that even when you seem to confide freely, your closest friends might not even really know your innermost feelings. And uh, that comes from Latrice Eisman, who's, uh, who wrote this book on color. And she's also like the head of Pantone. So I thought that was really interesting. And if you hate purple, like Alice and I, Alice and I, <laughs> so when human beings have strong anti-purple feelings, they are often craving sincerity, directness, and honesty in their lives. That's definitely true for me. I'm like, just be honest with me. You don't have to be mm-hmm. nice. I would rather know the truth than for you to right. like beat around the bush. And I don't know. Absolutely. Um, they're not fond of small talk. That's definitely me or pretense. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and prefer to uh, have frank conversation. So they generally exercise good judgment and expect raw integrity from their friends and coworkers because of its association. Association, well, I can't talk with royalty and wealth. Anti-purple folks see the color as a pretentious turnoff reserved only for snobs and the greedy. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. But yeah, if you think back about the history of when only yeah. wealthy people could afford this color and that was kind of an identifier, then it kind of like just trickles down throughout time and throughout history where, um, you know, you might not know why you don't like the color. You might just be like, eh, I don't really like that color. But it probably dates back to a time where you were like, no, like all these snobby wealthy people were very <laughs> <laughs> uh, Exactly. It's lingered. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Okay, so getting into the business side a little bit, um, you might be thinking, okay, well, 
so ultraviolet. So what? Like, how does this affect my business? Like, how, why do I ne- even need to care about it? Um, and the first thing I would just say is you need to first know your customers and your brand. So if you're like, if you're a store like Restoration Hardware, like purple, you don't need to go crazy on purple. I mean, that's pretty obvious. They don't need me to tell them that. But I'm just saying, like, as an example, um, you want to know your customers and your brand. And if this doesn't fit with your brand, then you can kind of ignore it. I mean, you can maybe work it in as like touches and small hints, but, or, you know, again, do a very dusty shade of this color. But, um, you know, it's not like you have to go crazy and change all of your products and, and jump on this trend. I mean, I think we see a lot of wholesalers and retailers that, um, you know, as soon as the Pantone color of the year comes out, they're like, Oh, like I have these purple things. Like, (laughs) and like they put it in the window and like make sure everyone knows about it. But, um, and I think that's a good thing to do to show that you have, um, something to in that offering. But, um, again, you just kind of need to know your business and your customers and, and see if you can work it into your existing assortment and offering. Um, And again, like we talked about earlier, the shade of purple can be flexible. It doesn't have to be the exact shade of ultraviolet. Like if you're, if it works better to do like a little bit of a lavender color, like Spotify did with the lavender and um, kind of like grassy, like, or I don't know, it was kind of more neon green, I guess. Um, Then do that, you know, but I mean, the Spotify ad was a good example because it looked super fresh and I was really impressed with it. Um, and, you know, you can use it for advertisements. You can kind of play with it on social media. And uh, you can kind of also just develop into the overall meaning behind the ultraviolet color. Like, you don't have to necessarily, again, like, paint everything in your business purple. But, you know, just keep it in mind and, like, be aware of it that uh, there is this major global anxiety um, going around. People are freaked out. They're afraid to be in public. They don't know if they should go to that concert because... What if there is a shooting or, you know, they're afraid to be in large crowds. Um, and yeah, so I would just keep that in mind where it's like what Pantone is doing is kind of trying to calm people down a little bit and like soothe them. So I would just kind of try to keep that meaning into everything that you're doing in your business in 2018. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say too, is that like the overall like idea behind this color, I think is what you should really take with you. Right. Um, like, you know, when I think about like my new tools that I'm developing right now for my custom um, projects, like purple isn't even involved in it, like at <laughs> all. And, right. you know, I have actual like shades of purple that are a little bit more red that are starting to get used a lot more. And mm-hmm. you know, now that I'm thinking about like your whole presentation and everything, um, I feel like we've been using a lot of like accent colors that we're really familiar with now. And purple is one that I'm unfamiliar with. And I find yeah. that newness to be exciting and maybe I'll try to like challenge myself to use variations of this color more as almost like a new way to represent new accents that I haven't used before. Um, and also like thinking about like what kind of patterns would want that kind of color in there. Like I'm thinking a lot about like, you know, like social commentary in terms of like oil spills and things that could incorporate this. Um, and I find that really exciting. Yeah, definitely. So um, for those of you who don't know, I know we said, talked about how Alex or Alice works in rug design, but she works in the hospitality uh, department. So do you want to kind of touch on that? Like what some of your projects look like and what, like how you involve color. And I mean, you kind of just explain that a little bit, but maybe go into some more detail. 
Yeah. So since they are custom, um, I'm not usually the one that's completely driving the project. Um, the things that I am able to develop for these projects is the tools that these people can use. So, you know, I actually develop my own, like maybe 200 color palette that then gets distributed across the country to all these designers and then they can choose their colors for their rug. Um, but they're very much limited to the choices that I make. So I need to make sure that I, you know, have enough for everyone basically. And for all like tastes. Yeah. Um, and so, I so was 200 l- colors sounds like a lot, but compare that to yeah. how many Pantone colors there are for those right. of them who don't know. There's like, I mean, how many are there? Is it thousands? I don't thousands and thousands, thousands. I feel like. Yeah. yeah. So 200 colors is actually like a very limited palette for people. Yeah. It's, it's extremely like difficult. If you're not, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, So, yeah. So, you know, part of this process is making sure that, you know, a lot of these interior designers know spaces, but they don't know end products very well. So when they have an idea, they really do need that assistance with the color palette because maybe they don't understand that, you know, all these accents together are going to make for a bad combination when maybe you need those few neutrals to really balance that off. Um, And Lately, what I've been seeing for purple is that it's creeping in in very small amounts as an accent. Um, I just worked on like a Hyatt um, project where um, it was very much like these marbling techniques and almost, I mean, it's funny, I'm, I'm starting to make the connotation like correlation now, but it's almost like it was very much like space or like a, a fluid of water and kind of like seeing an expanse. Um, so that was really interesting. And purple was used a lot throughout it as an accent with, um, orange and yellow. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It was almost like grotesque by itself, but then when you see it in the space, it has this very, like, it was unifying the space, which I also believe is kind of the purpose of a rug, um, within a room. Um, but it was used, yeah, with, with orange and yellow and it was crazy looking. Um, but it looked very futuristic. Ah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, And that was something that we kind of touched on, but, um, they mentioned like the technology factor in the ultraviolet, which I mean, we did talk about AI and, you know, some of the technology that's coming up, but, um, like light though is so huge. Like even thinking about like light bulbs and how they've changed and how, what kind of light they reflect. Um, I was looking at, I don't know how to say her name correctly, but Yoyu Kasama. Yeah. The Japanese, yeah, yeah, her installations, they give off this kind of like beam of purple light um, in those darker installations. Cool. Yeah. Let's check it out. <laughs> I will. Okay. So I wanted to also touch on uh, just a few things that uh, I would love to collaborate with anyone who's listening. Uh, it's been so fun having Alice on. She's um, amazing. <laughs> but I'm looking for... Uh, more co-hosts with the webinars. And also, like, if you don't want to be on live video, I get it. Um, but I'm also looking for guest blog posts. So if you feel like we ha- would have a similar audience or, um, you know, you're a designer or a creative entrepreneur and you have some things to share and offer and uh, some, you know, some advice especially would be really great or how to use, like, some of the tools that you use or, um, you know, something that's been really successful in your business, then hit me up. I would, lo- I would love to talk to you. Uh, yeah, so co-hosting and guest blogging. Sorry, let me uh, let you see that website. Uh, LaurenLeslie.com co-host-webinar if you would like to co-host. And LaurenLeslie.com slash guest-blog-post if you would like to write a guest blog post. 
Um, and some topics that I'm looking for, again, are like online brand identity, color and marketing or color psychology, design trends for 2018, home decor tips, uh, any like looking for any interior designers or any folks in the industry, um, how to be successful on Etsy or creative market, uh, anything about passive income with a little bit more of a design focus, tips for surface designers, marketing strategy online, like email lists, growth, webinars, social media, etc. And I'm offering a free course in Photoshop called Photoshop for Dumbo Heads. Uh, this, is for <laughs> someone, <laughs> uh, this is for someone who has literally never used Photoshop before. So if you've dabbled around with it, then uh, you probably know the basic tools. This is like literally just the very, very, very beginning introduction, teaching you how to use some of the tools. Um, and it is a free five-day email course. And you can sign up at laurenlesley.com slash Photoshop five-day course. Or you can click the green button at the bottom of the screen. Uh, I hope everyone can see that. But um, yeah, it's a free course for you guys. That's awesome, Lauren. <laughs> Thanks, girl. And so now we are at the Q&A session. So if anyone has any questions or comments about the presentation, this is your chance to talk to us. And I can also conference anyone in um, because we have a small group today. So if anyone wants to join us on screen and talk about any of the slides. We'd love to have you. We're nice. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody? Thanks, Norman. My Thanks, stepdad, Norman, Norman says great presentation. I love him. He's just the best. <laughs> so supportive. And my mom, my friend, Mary Tolls is here. We were roommates. I love her. My Fina and Leah is here. <laughs> one of my best friends. Love you guys. Thanks for watching. Yay. It means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Leah's like, hey, <laughs> I thought you were going to mention me. I see you, girl. I had to click on everybody so I could see your name. <laughs> <laughs> Any questions or comments? Who here is a purple person? You can write it in the chat or like answer the poll. One person said yes. I don't know who that person was. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for watching. Uh, Alice, what's like, what's your handle on Instagram so people can find you? Um, um, I actually, I have two. I have okay. underscore Alice underscore REV. That's my personal. And sometimes you'll see like my paintings and stuff. And yeah. then there's another one called Bad Alice with three E's. And that's like all of my surface design stuff. Oh, cool. I don't even think I have that one. So I'm going to have to follow you on there. I need to start updating it more regularly. <laughs> it's been a while. Okay. Norman says I am all in purple. <laughs> well, <he laughs> Norman, so I forgot about that. Sorry, Norman. We don't like purple. I do like Furman though. Love Furman. Go Furman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I am at Lauren Leslie Studio. That's my uh, handle on Instagram and pretty much on everything. If you go to Pinterest or uh, Facebook, um, that's my business page. And oh, and I also meant to include a slide. I forgot. Sorry, guys. But uh, I just started a Facebook group. So if anyone wants to join, um, it is like an exclusive Facebook group where we'll be just like posting all of these videos and talking about, you know, kind of our the creative side of our businesses and anything related to online business or strategies that you're using. Um, but yeah. So the Facebook group is Facebook slash or facebook.com slash groups 
slash design tribe Lauren Leslie. And Leslie is L-E-Y uh, for those of you who may be just listening later to the podcast version. I'm going to stream this on a podcast too. <laughs> Alice, you probably didn't know that. <laughs> it's okay. We, it's like basically just my family and my friends listening. So I'm okay anyway. with it. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks guys All for right. joining us. We love you and talk to you later. Thanks, Alice. Bye. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Design Tribe podcast. I really hope you enjoyed the conversation today. And I hope you don't mind, but could I ask you for one little tiny favor? The next time you're in iTunes, if you wouldn't mind leaving a rating and a review, it would literally make my day. <laughs> my kindergarten teacher started giving me gold stars, and ever since then, I've been hooked. But for real, it helps us get found so that other awesome people like you can join the dialogue and connect with each other. And as a quick reminder, we go live on the webinar version of this podcast on Sundays at 3 p.m. So head over to laurenlesley.com slash webinar dash series or check out the Facebook group where we'll be streaming on Facebook Live as well. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Talk soon.